people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. And welcome to Kidney Talk. Here we are again. I know. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? We have a very special guest today. Who? Gail Wick. Can you Gail, say that name? Gail, Gail Wick. Wick. Yeah, of course I can. What are, what are you, crazy? Gail Wick? <laughs> and she's from Atlanta, Georgia. Have you ever I'm been there. to Atlanta, Georgia? Yes, I have. I love Buckhead. I've been yes. there. And, and it's, no, it's a great town. You, it's, uh, you know my complaint with Atlanta, Georgia? I think every street is named Peach. I was trying to drive around Atlanta, and there was like Peach Tree and Peach Grove and Peach Highway, and it was very confusing for me. Well, you know what? I'll mark that down on my calendar <laughs> well, to bake you a peach pie. Well, today we're going to be talking about bone and minerals. We're not talking about peaches? No peaches. Okay. Bone and minerals. Bone and mineral disorders, because we have them sometimes, you know? Oh, absolutely. They're, yeah. they're very prevalent. She's been a nephrology nurse for over 38 years. You think she'd want to do something different, you know, like be a clown? Oh, no, no. You know, we need the long-term nephrology nurses because they're the ones who really help the new nurses understand how to take care of patients. Because when I was growing up, my nephrology nurses were my lifeline. You don't want a nephrology nurse. You, you really don't want a nephrology nurse that last week they worked at Pizza Hut. No. You know, and now they're sticking you with needles. So when we come back, we're going to talk to Gail Wick. Gail Wick from Atlanta, Georgia, where you hate all the streets. <laughs> Are you planning a patient or healthcare professional event? If so, you'll want pep in your presentation. No one understands a patient as well as another patient, and no patients are as understanding and qualified as the Renal Support Network's PEP speakers. PEP stands for Patients Educating Patients and Professionals, and they have been trained, tested, and certified to deliver consistently well-informed practical tips and tools, in addition to serving as inspiring examples of determination and hope. Hope is important because without hope, we're stagnant. We just will not move ahead. When I speak to professionals, usually the response to me is, wow, I can't believe you're a patient. There's nothing more rewarding than being able to share some of my story with other people. Helping us to understand uh, what's important, what's going on, how better to provide optimal quality care, and I guess that's what it's all about, is just how to get better at doing what we do. I could teach everybody else about what what a difference it could make if they decided to get involved and just ask questions. Pep speakers have so much information to give, so much knowledge to give, and so much experience. If you are on dialysis, this is not it. This is not it. There's so much more. It's all about what you're willing and what you're open to. RSN Pep speakers live in every region of the country and have lived with every stage of renal disease. They come from all walks of life, and yet they are all walking the same path. If you are planning a patient or healthcare professional event, contact the Renal Support Network. Together, we can make a difference. Don't you know I'm still standing better than I ever did? Looking like a
welcome to Kidney Talk. We're here with Gail Wick. We, we liked her so much we asked her back because oh. the first time we messed up her interview. I know. I wasn't really good with the sound equipment. Now we have some professionals. Yeah, now we have two <laughs> tin cans with some string. <laughs> so, Gail, tell us about what you are and what you do and all tell that stuff. Tell us a little bit about your background. I was really lucky. In nursing school, I had an instructor who was one of my favorite instructors, and she became the first head nurse of the first <laughs> dialysis clinic in the state of Georgia. And she came to some of us, she called us her best students, and asked if we would staff the new renal ICU wow. transplant unit in 1970, back wow. at the almost the beginning of time. Well, that was even before dialysis, dialysis was, was reimbursed. Yeah, yes, you know, it was. Well, dialysis was just, what, five years old then or something? Uh, probably a little bit more than that, depending on uh, what part of the country you were from. But we actually did have uh, the first uh, renal uh, clinic mm-hmm. in the state at Grady Memorial Hospital. Oh, really? Wow. I thought the first dialysis machine was in Seattle. It was. Oh. But it was. We had the first facility in Georgia. Georgia. Oh, in There's Georgia. A <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like Atlanta. I've been there. I've been to Buckhead. That's my. I was a fun place yeah. to go. And Stone There's Mountain. Some great restaurants there. Stomping and, grounds. Yeah. Yes. Well, Buckhead's great. Well, we're talking a little bit today about bone and mineral disorder. And can you explain a little bit about what that is? Bone mineral disorder is the new term for what many people know as secondary hyperparathyroidism. I love that! Can you say secondary hyperparathyroidism? I've done it many times, but I'm not going to do it now because we'll take it all the time. I want you to say it now. No, please. Leave me alone. Hey, can you. You know, referee this. No, I know. I know it's a bone disorder, and people have these terrible calcifications they get, right? Mm-hmm. True. Uh, something that you just said, uh, though, needs that clarification. I wanted you to be a referee? Or? No. <laughs> One of the reasons that we have shifted the terms to mineral and bone disorder because is... Because be- people couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. People couldn't pronounce it. But also, uh, for years, we called it bone disease. Mm-hmm. And mineral and bone disorder disorder occur when the kidneys begin to fail. Um, You're going to get your worst case of mineral bone disorder when the kidneys have failed in stage renal disease, but actually the mineral and bone disorder start um, long before Mm -hmm. in stage renal disease, in fact, as early as CKD3 and CKD4. And over the years, we've had a tendency just to focus on the impact of that on bones. But just like you were saying, there's so much more involved than just the impact on the bones. Right. Um, it, you can have the calcifications uh, that can occur that are can cause issues with the blood vessels. Well, isn't it hearts, like those little lungs. calcium pieces float around and they just basically attach to things? I mean, I saw the commercial once and it's like these little speckles are going around in your veins and then they attach to your heart. That was the commercial for scrub bubbles. So you got the wrong commercial. <laughs> and then they stick to your heart. And then your heart starts to become calcified because they have to deposit somewhere. Right. It's uh, the soft tissues. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you'll even hear it called soft tissue calcification. Of course, the heart would fit into that category, lungs and blood vessels. When the kidneys fail, a number of things occur. One of the things is that the kidneys can't make vitamin D Mm -hmm. um, as they can when they're healthy. And what starts to happen is that the calcium levels in the blood as well as the phosphorus levels levels in the blood uh, become abnormal. 
And the body's way of compensating with that is for the parathyroid glands to produce a hormone Mm -hmm. called parathyroid hormone. PTH mm-hmm. uh, makes it a lot easier uh, to, to say. say. I had my parathyroid hormone removed. Right. And she'll be happy to show you the scars. <laughs> and probably <laughs> the reason for that mm-hmm. was because after a period of time of producing so much PTH, the gland becomes hypertrophy mm-hmm. so that the PTH is never turned off. Right. And that's when you start uh, to have a lot of the problems. And if you're looking at the You make blood, too much PTH? Make too much PTH, mm-hmm. right. And uh, if you were to look at the person's blood, you're very likely to see abnormal levels of calcium, oftentimes low, high levels of phosphorus. Mm-hmm. And when you combine or multiply the calcium times the phosphorus, which is called the calcium phosphorus product, if they're elevated, that's when soft tissue calcification occurs. Right. So what you'll see are high levels of PTH, oftentimes, um, abnormal levels of calcium, either high or low, and most often high levels of phosphorus. So you basically have to keep your PTH level in place, your calcium and your phosphorus. And the hardest one, I remember when I was on dialysis, it was phosphorus. Because all the great foods have phosphorus in them. Everything has phosphorus in it. Ice cream. I mean, well, high in phosphorus. High in phosphorus foods are like comfort foods. Cheese, beans. Well, that's the same thing with potassium, too. Well, I know, but I really like phosphorus. I like cheese. I like ice cream. That is a food group, isn't it? Isn't ice cream a food group? Yeah, where I'm from, in Atlanta, it is. Uh, and you know, and then you have to take is what you're talking about. And what's so interesting, and I think a lot of patients, uh, a lot of patients ask me this, is that they go like, "I got to take these phosphate binders," and it's really important that you take the phosphate binders when you eat because it doesn't bind the phosphorus. True. And then you know, you're you're just waiting for trouble. I would always forget and take them a half hour later, you know, and stuff like that. So you were. Uh, Non compliant, yes. <laughs> and difficult. Yeah, difficult patient. So, yeah, I mean, it's so important because if patients don't take their phosphate binders, then they're going to be more likely to have bone and mineral disorders. Right, because if you're not taking the phosphate binders, the phosphate's going to be absorbed. Mm-hmm. And that will impact the calcium levels also Isn't because it like a it's, it's almost it's like a, a seesaw. If the phosphorus goes up, the calcium goes down. And then you take that. So you've got your high phosphorus, your low calcium. And when you multiply them together, mm-hmm. that's that calcium phosphorus product. And it's over a certain number. And nowadays, we aim for less than 55. So what's a normal phosphorus and what's a normal calcium? Normal phosphorus is 3.5 to 5.5. Normal calcium is 8.4 to 9.5. So, and you have to stay in that range. I mean, that's... And it's not just stay in the range for calcium alone or phosphorus alone, but actually it's four different lab values. Um, PTH should be between 150 and 300. Calcium between the 8.4 and the 9.5. Mm-hmm. Phosphorus between the 3.5 and 5.5. And that product of calcium and phosphorus should be less than 55. You really have not, to be a mathematician when you're... <laughs> well, you do, and All it's those not numbers. It's you not have to easy. know your numbers. Exactly. got to know your numbers. Have a really good relationship with your dietitian. Yeah. Uh, to not have, too good, Stephen. 
<laughs> good relationship with the dietitian and a lot of dialogue about what the best diet for you is. What are some of the symptoms? I know that, you know, when my phosphorus was up, I used to itch. Oh, it that was, was horrible. It's I awful. called you on the phone. I know. And I said, oh my God, my stomach is itching. I was going crazy. You I was just, breaking the skin. It's an, yeah, it's just an uncontrollable itch. It's like it's coming from the inside out. And I've been told that it's particularly awful when you're on dialysis. It seems that the itching gets the worst at that time for some reason. Oh, when you're on dialysis. Now, I was like, you know, while I was sleeping, I'd wake up and I'd just be scratching. And it was mm. very, oh my God, it was you, horrible. You know, one of the things that I've always noticed too, and I actually had for a while, was that my eyes would get a little bit more yellowish red. Really? Yeah. I guess that was the irritation. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was because I was under dialyzed at times, but it was. That was it during was, Halloween, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was when on? I was trying to be Chucky. Oh. <laughs> Hey, when we come back, we're going to hear more about bone disorder. I just, I just love, out of all the disorders, bone disorders is my favorite. Well, now that I have mastered Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers, how many pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? Let's see what my next challenge will be. It's in here somewhere. Say this three times fast. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Now if I only knew what that means. A fistula should be your first choice for your dialysis access. It says here, less infection and less hospitalizations. That's good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Lasts longer. Some patients have had their fistula for more than 30 years? Oy. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. For more information, please visit fistulafirst.org. Do it now. if you have mineral disorder generally they go hand in hand that's uh-huh. why we call it mineral and bone, bone disorder, disorder. Not so bone these are and medical terms disorder. they never can be easy you know <laughs> there are symptoms that can alert you uh Lori talked about the itching but also uh there can be weakness achy bones weakness in what weakness just, just generalized weak. weakness weakness um, yeah okay. weakness that's uh southern Weakness. Weakness. Uh huh. I, I thought you were talking about like gluten free stuff. No. I thought you said wheatless. <laughs> wheatless. Weakness. 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 Oh, good. good. Achy bones. Achy bones and sexual dysfunction. But the problem. That's your problem, Lori. <laughs> Stephen wants to know more about that. <laughs> That's a topic for another time. Okay. <laughs> No, what kind of sexual dysfunction, seriously? It could very well be erectile dysfunction for a man because of the calcification be, of right. the blood vessels and uh-huh. uh, soft tissue. Right. And for a woman? We're just not in the mood. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you lose sexual desire. Is that it? Oh, my gosh. I wonder if my wife has this bone disorder thing. <laughs> bone and mineral. Yeah. Bone and mineral Must be. <laughs> well... Uh, All right, let's move on. So what are some of the things I can do to avoid bone and mineral disorder? 
if I'm on dialysis or, you know, with a transplant too, because we've now learned that transplant patients can have this uh, condition too. That's true. And I had a tendency uh, to think that once somebody was transplanted, that that wouldn't be an issue. But uh, the more transplant people I talked to, the more I realized that it's a disorder that mm -hmm. uh, can transcend the, the various modalities. I think probably uh, the biggest thing that someone can do is to be an advocate. Mm -hmm. for their own care. And part of being an advocate is to work with the dietician um, to uh, establish the best diet, mm -hmm. one that you can live with, and then to follow that right. diet. But you have to combine diet with the medications. You need to know your medications mm -hmm. and faithfully take, take them. them. And you mentioned that you had a tendency not to take your phosphorus binder at the right time. time. Um, there's the, a certain medication and then there's a, a right time to take that medication to keep the phosphorus from being absorbed. Well, you know what? We um, interviewed a lot of patients this week and I asked every single patient how they remember to take their medication and overwhelmingly they told me they set their cell phone to ring when they need to take their medication. And I thought, you know, wow, that's a really good idea. Just set your cell phone, it gives you a call and says, take your meds. <laughs> now, how, how many people forget to take their transplant meds? I can't imagine somebody forgetting to take their well, transplant meds. I think they meds. do, but I think a lot of times people, you know, you can schedule your phone to beep whenever you want, and then that can remind you to take your phosphate binder. Schedule your phone. I'm just learning how to text message. <laughs> I don't know how to do that stuff. Well, and then also, you know, you need to know your numbers. So I want to quiz Stephen. Do you know what a normal phosphorus should be? Yeah, she just said it. Well, I want to see if you remember. It was like five point something, right? 3.5 to 5.5. See, I was see? in the normal range. Okay, five. what about calcium? Calcium is like eight point something. 8.4 to... To what? 9.5. 9.5, and if you don't have it, you're going to have sexual dysfunction, which is what now, Gail? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, you owe I, me for this I one. I owe you big time. <laughs> you owe me a big time. You know, we were talking about the things that you can do, and, and I mentioned the diet and the medications, but also something that people don't think about sometimes is it's really important to dialyze the full dialysis prescription. But, and you need to be adding all of these together because it's a total treatment right. Program. And also, it's silent. You know, the problem isn't when you start finding symptoms of sexual dysfunction, Stephen, right. it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. No, you know, Laura, that is a really, uh, really good uh, point. The damage is already happening. So you right. really need to know your numbers ahead of time. Right. You know, if you start itching a lot and stuff, there's stuff already happening in your body. Right. The progression's already started. I remember so. calling you, though, and I saying, you know, Lori, what do I do? You said witch hazel and Listerine <laughs> and a little chicken fat, you know. It's all this other stuff. It was weird, you know? Well, there was I smelled good, though. I did. <laughs> and then did you go barbecue yourself? <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, stomach had very minty breath. <laughs> well, Gail, we want to thank you so much for being a good sport. And, you know, I have to deal with this every every show so yes. i'm glad you got to experience a little she bit has about sexual dysfunction I, on every show i tell you i can truly say this has been an experience it is not a good one but it's an experience <laughs>
know, but that was an interesting subject it because was. I don't think a lot of kidney patients know about that subject. And I don't think they really identify with it because you can't see your bones, you can't see minerals, but you know what you can see? You can see your skin. And so when you start itching and problems with your skin, Oh, the itching was horrible. It was horrible. It was it was really horrible. You were there. I asked you to come over and scratch my stomach. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Estellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.